Welcome to the Race to Alaska podcast. I am Jesse, your race boss, here in the bowels of Race High Command. Hosting with me today is Nikki Henderson. You might know her as the youngest person ever to skip her around the world race, but more importantly, much more importantly, she was a member of last year's winning Race to Alaska team, We Break for Wales. Hey, Jesse. Hello, everyone. It's really great to have you here. I'm stoked. Uh, that you're helping out on this because I have no idea how to make a podcast and you are a pro as well as being a pro ocean sailor. Um, so it's going to help having your know-how uh, in both those realms. Um, but for the benefit of the couple of people who don't know who you are, and that probably is just a couple, could you just talk a bit about your background? Uh, everyone hates this question. Um, yeah, <laughs> so as Jesse said, I uh, I am a Race to Alaska veteran twice, actually. Um, I did the first race in 2019 with a, a team called Sail Like a Girl. And um, yeah, I've worked in the sailing industry for 12 years, all my adult life. Um, I fell in love with it when I left school and just immediately wanted to share it with other people. So my sailing career is kind of less pro racer, cool kid, and more about um, opening the door wider to the things I love. So sailing, racing, crossing oceans, doing crazy things like Race to Alaska. It's about making those uh, more accessible to people like you who are listening um, and maybe seem a bit less crazy than they might first appear. Wonderful. Uh, and, and the listeners can't see you right now because we are not yet technologically advanced enough to do video, but I'm looking at you on the screen. You are in a, you are in a small cabin. Where are you? I'm in the Canaries. I'm about to cross, um, cross the Atlantic. That's, that's a cool thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Listeners, I guess, are probably wondering what this podcast is for and why we are starting it so early when the race is months away. So um, should we give them a little background? That's a great question. So, you know, Race to Alaska, underneath it all, it's about the teams. It's about telling those stories, uh, about being there when we can be there to get to know them, especially during the race. But this year, we're hoping to do something new and start getting those racers' voices out as early as we possibly can. So we are going to attempt to interview every single team so that you, the, the audience, can hear in their own words who they are, where they're coming from, why they are doing so something so dumb as Race to Alaska, and, and any other interesting things we can get out of them so that hopefully it will enhance the experience of following the race when June comes. Yeah, it so will. I think that this race is all about the people. I can't wait to hear more about all the teams. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, we've already recorded a couple of these, and those are what you're going to hear today. And uh, it just it just amps me up as the race boss when the applications start rolling in. I get to start hearing the stories of these people. It's uh, it's the inspiring part of this job. Maybe we should dive right in um, and hear from the racers themselves. And uh, I think I'm kicking it off. I had a great conversation uh, with this first team two days ago. Um, they're a team of three. Uh, they live in Seattle and they recently bought a boat that anyone who watched the 2023 race might recognize. It's called Mojo and is an F-25. Uh, so they fixed all the broken bits, made some modifications, and they're bringing her back to the race as Team Narrows Minded. Uh, so I guess I should ask, 
who's who's the boss? Um, I, don't, I don't think we have defined a boss yet, really. Um, we have a natural one. Okay. I think it's safe to say you know, the boss. Yeah. Yeah. We agree on that. Okay. And and can you guys tell me, because I'm, I'm actually, you guys are sailing um, what was Mojo in uh, in this year, in 2023. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, so Mojo was sailing with another team. So we actually, so which happened to be French too. Uh, but I mean, it's not because of French we bought, we bought Mojo. Uh, we were looking for um, an S25C uh, and they happened to have one. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was an obvious way to create a connection. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's, it's an, essentially a reset for Mojo, uh, new team, new project. Um, I mean, trying to get the, the boat up to speed and uh, fix what's need to be fixed and so on. Okay, so you guys are Seattle-based. So does do you remember the first time you heard about R2AK? Yeah, go ahead, uh, Arthur. <laughs> so I have a friend who attempted it a couple of times on a pedal boat, Matt Johnson. Uh, our daughters are really close friends and he, I don't remember, probably over a glass of wine or something of that nature. Uh, we were talking about sailing and the, those kind of things. And he was like, oh, yeah, there's that race. Like, oh, sure. And you've tried it? Yeah, yeah, twice. And 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 that's when I started to know a little bit more about it. And then those two other guys started to talk about it also. So, And did you think, um, what did you think? Uh, that it looked amazing and that I would most probably never have the opportunity to do it. it. It felt like just too big for me, too, like, I don't know, um, but nothing that I would one day be doing, just something that I would be like, oh, wow, people doing it, that's amazing. I'm, I'm very brave. Like, I, I would love to do it, but but I would never be brave enough to do it. Do you guys feel the same? Yeah, I heard about it for the first time uh, three years ago. I started reading about it in, in magazines. And two years ago, I tried to set up a team uh, with someone who was like-minded. And I had heard of them through the sailing club at, at Chilshaw Marina. And uh, we, we started working on it together. And then life happened. You know, uh, he had a, a change of jobs. And it kind of fell through. Um, and I was under the, the kind of same impression as Arthur. I was like, okay, well... <laughs> It may just never happen, you know. It was all a, a pipe dream. Um, but then um, we we raced J one hundred fives on the on the Puget Sound with Gilan and Arthur. Uh, we were in different boats, um, and then Gilan came forward and said, "You know, well, I heard you know you were interested in doing that race, and uh, it felt like the one opportunity that we we just couldn't miss. Uh, we had no boat at the time. I think things uh, you know arrived quite quite quickly with the Mojo opportunity." Uh, but the idea of it was already super exciting. And so the stars were aligning. And uh, yeah, since uh, I'd, I'd say since August, September, it's been. a Yeah, I, I remember when you called me, Gilan. Gilan called me during the summer and he was like, OK, well, you know, I wanted to do it with Fred. Do you want to be deferred? And I was like, yeah, you know, I have plenty of things to do this year. No, that's not a good idea. And hung up the phone and then saw my wife. What was the question? Uh, that that was Gilan. wanted me to join them on a race to Alaska project. I said no. Why? Well, you should do it. That's 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 an opportunity, and you won't have that one so many times. 
and, and then I took a day to think about it and then called back Dylan and, and that was on. Right. It's one of these things that initially seems so ridiculous, insane, scary, you know, all the things you said. Yeah. And then you and then you can't get it out of your head, can you? That's so true. <laughs> yeah. And and that's sort of the same for me. I mean, I can't really give a date, but I probably I don't think I heard about the first one, but probably the second race. And then it was there. It's, you know, the kind of adventure that I mean, like the Vendée Globe, I mean, that, you know, you will never do. And oh, that's the next step. The, the, com the commoners will never do, and 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 then I mean, you think about it, you get uh, into more local sailing, and I mean more races going on. Started to follow every single races, and then maybe a year and a half ago, I started. I was looking a lot at the Gujon Thirty Two, which is a super fun catamaran. You can look at it, um, and I mean there are not many out there. I think it's fifteen and. And then I mean, was chatting about that and uh, chatting with, with some uh, local uh, superstar, Ali Hughes, that won the first R2AK. And we're like thinking about, I mean, putting together a project, but I mean, what kind of boat do you, I mean, what do you think of the good John 32? We're like, oh, if I were to do it again, I would do it on an F25C again. That's the best boat for it. And then we're like, okay, let's, let's look for it. And, uh, and then, oh yeah, that looks awesome. Um, and then, I mean, started to, figure a little bit more about the project and what we can do. And, and I, I felt like we could do it. I mean, I had no partner, nobody. I mean, uh, I had no, not really talked with anyone, but it, I'm kind of notorious for taking on some stupid project and just go for it. And, uh, and I mean, do it seriously, but just uh, be a little bit brave enough to, to take on this kind of project. And I'm like, okay, well, uh, we can figure a boat. Uh, I know a few people. So that's where, I mean, Fred was actually, I know exactly what that, what happened with Fred. I mean, we were friends on Facebook and knowing each other from sailing and so on. And he put a comment on last year, R2AK, saying, oh, that sounds super fun. And I just replied, let's do it. And and we started a conversation from there. Um, and I mean, a few months later, I mean, uh, we are in, we have a boat. So that's a good starting point. So I think almost all of you have said both the word brave and the word stupid. <laughs> Which is it more, brave to do it or stupid? I think you need to be, I mean, brave or courageous enough to take that on because there are a lot of components to R2AK. I mean, the boat is one thing, being okay sailors is another one, but then you have external factors and, I mean, rocks, logs, and, I mean, current and wind and, and I mean, all those landscapes that are a little bit hard to navigate. Um, so yeah, it's 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 complex. I don't think you should be stupid. I mean, the idea maybe like when it comes uh, comes up uh, might be oh that's stupid. Let's not do it. But you can't be stupid trying to do it. Otherwise, I I think it. I mean, you you have much more experience than we do, obviously, on that topic. But uh, um, you can't you can't. I mean attempt to do R2AK and being stupid about it. I, I don't think that would be reasonable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys think, but I'm, I'm, I want to dig into that, you know, is, is, is it, do we think it's stupid to do R2AK or do we feel that everyone else thinks it's stupid and we I, think it's a great idea? It's, it's probably more about that because it's that idea of, okay, you're going to be the three of you on a boat for a week and a half, for two weeks, in the cold, not sleeping, uh, eating shitty food, 
And what's the point? Why are you doing that? You, you could be at home. You could be, I don't know, flying to Hawaii, going to warm water. Why instead are you choosing to uh, self-inflict such a thing? Like, th th that's the stupid part of it. And then it becomes a project and it becomes something in which, well, it has to be carefully thought. It has to be carefully prepared. And that part is not stupid at all. But just putting yourself in a situation where you know you will suffer. You know you will be exhausted. And, and that's what probably from an external standpoint is somewhere in between being brave and being stupid. Because we don't have to do it. Like, we, we choose to do it. I have a different uh, I have a different perspective on this. I think the, uh, the the brave factor, yeah, it's it's exciting, it's tiring, you know, it's exhausting. You're a little scared of bears, maybe, and, and strong currents. The stupid part, you know, which I've heard and you know, which I've thought about as well, is hey, you don't have an engine, not even a sealed engine, and so when you have to get out of currents, you know, that might be ten plus knots. You know, you don't really have a safety net, and. Uh, Actually, a month and a half ago, uh, you know, the, the engine wasn't working. We had to row back to, to the marina. And uh, we did that for, what, half an hour? <laughs> and already we could see, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of an effort, especially when you have the wind on the nose. And so, yeah, that, that maybe is the, I want to say almost the scary part, um, which immediately hits you the moment you need to get away from shore or move away from the danger um, but it's part of the excitement. It's part of the unknown factor, which makes it attractive. So on the subject of uh, big currents, then um, you're called team narrows minded. What's the idea there? I, I think this is a spirit of, I mean, having a fun name, but it, we don't want something too cheesy or I don't know, too, too ridiculous. So, I mean, we jotted a couple of ideas and, uh, we had a, actually a good name before this one. I can't even. Re I was trying to remember it. I can't. Um, I must have but, a note somewhere. But anyway, uh, at one point we were like, "Oh, how about narrows minded?" And everyone was like, "Oh yeah, this is the one," and so be it. And I, I think it, it reflects some respect to the race uh, uh, and created ties with a uh, with the race uh, course. But in midnight time was a kind of a trick word, and uh, and so yeah, we thought it was uh, it was fun. And it's kind of ironic too, right? Because you're yeah. you're anything but narrow-minded if you're doing something as uh, outrageous as this. You're on a boat with French people, Nikki, right now. Do you think the French are obtuse? Because I, I think there's an element of that as well in the name. And when you look at our logo, there's a little, there's a little French cop, you know, proud and, and kind of chest forward. Um, so maybe there's a bit of a stereotype around the French people as well in that name. Ah, oh, so is is being French part of your identity? I see. Will there be baguettes on board? Uh, yeah, we, well, we'll, we'll bake every day. That's that's uh, that's part of the trip. Arthur is a fantastic baker. <laughs> well, the the plan is to only drink red wine during the race, does it? Yes, of course. And large amounts of butter, no? Yeah. <laughs> So a friend of mine um, likes to say that people who do R2AK are either running away from something or running towards something. Um, and we like to think that um, uh, the best of us are running towards something with this race. And I'd be interested, you know, what are you guys running towards? What are you seeking with this race? Stepping stone to uh, the Clipper race is what I have in mind. Um, 
three years ago, four years ago, I ordered a brochure at home. I, I was living in back in, in Europe back then in Luxembourg, which is landlocked, right? And the brochure arrives on our doorstep and my wife picks it up. She looks at me, she's like, what are you planning? <laughs> and, and maybe that was a little too long of a trip at the time and we had young kids. And so, yeah, R2AK is a kind of first step towards a, a longer adventure. It's a super exciting adventure. It's something we can't miss. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be in Seattle forever. Uh, and it's it's right on our doorstep and it's just so beautiful. So, yeah, I'd say a step towards that. That's a great idea and a terrible one. <laughs> What about you both? Um, for sure, I'm not, I mean, running away from anything. It's uh, more looking forward. I mean, discovering more. Um, I'm definitely at a point where I want more sailing in my life. Uh, a little bit more. Uh, I'm not sure I want more adventure, but um, uh, I want, yeah, I want to discover more. And I, I mean, looking at, I mean, what, what people do and, different races or just sailing adventure. I mean, this, this is one of them. This is close to us. It's achievable. Uh, and yeah, it's it's probably a starting point for, for other things. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I'm, I'm going away from anything either. Like life is good for me. Uh, I have a nice family, a lovely wife. So not running away from anything. I love my job, but it's... Like that's such an opportunity to have fun, to uh, see new places, to be on, and and just being on the ocean with enough time to enjoy it. There's a part where it's like when we do race around Seattle. That's for a day. That's for some races. That's for uh, okay a weekend, and that's too short. Like you, you, it, it's hard to really get the opportunity to spend more time enjoying it. And and that one is one of them. Um, I, I don't think that for me, it's a step toward something else or not something that I have planned yet. Uh, but it's just a good way to enjoy sailing with friends. Uh, and, and the race is just a good um, opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's like you're sinking deeper into something. Mm, exactly. So you guys are friends now, presumably. It sort of sounded a bit like you all found each other on Facebook. You know, who's crazy enough to do this? <laughs> um, how 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 how's the team character going along? You know, if people are following, um, what do they what should they expect from you three? So yeah, uh, Arthur and I uh, knew each other quite well, and uh, sailing on the same uh, G one hundred five, and uh, Fred was uh, on another boat. So uh, let let's say. A dog friend um and um no actually uh, i think we we found ourselves being a well-balanced team uh we have i mean we we complement our supplement each other uh pretty nicely uh quite honestly so uh arthur is uh, uh our mechanical engineering he's he gonna figure out uh, no pressure oh, he's gonna pressure. figure out our pedal drive and everything um fred is uh really focused on um numbers and electronics and uh organization which is fantastic i hate electronics uh um and i love doing carbon work um and uh any i mean 
DIY on a boat. Um, all the systems on a boat is, is what I what I like doing. Uh, so we all have our own things to uh, to focus on, and uh, I mean we we discuss to agree on on what we want to do, and that that works pretty well so far. Um, and sailing wise, uh, I mean, uh, seems to to work. I mean, uh, pretty pretty well too. I mean. Thing we, we can uh, trade positions uh, on the boat, uh, no problem. Uh, we can trust each other uh, to uh, to be safe and, uh, and 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 drive the boat carefully. And uh, uh, but also get I mean the, the best out of it. Uh, so um, the only problem. So, so so after all the rowing that you'd had to do that half an hour, that's why you're putting a pedal drive on. You thought that <laughs> that. Yeah, it's super light. This boat is extremely light. But it's not made for rowing. I mean, if you're on the you know forward position on the AMA, kind of bent forward and trying to row, um, it, you're not going to be able to do that for a very long time. Uh, and and the pedal drive, I don't know. I've seen such exciting designs now from Arthur and you know, you know, I want to see it in the flesh. And by the way, I have to justify going back to the gym three times a week now. So I told my wife, you know, that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> is to be able to pedal all the way up to Alaska because we don't know what the weather will be like, right? So we'll be we'll be looking out for quads of steel then. Absolutely. <laughs> so you've got an ingenuitive design for the bikes, or uh, is that secret at the moment? Yeah, there there are several options still on the table. So I mean, saying that it will use our legs is is probably like almost ninety nine percent sure because uh, like legs are so much stronger than arms. Uh, now. Well, and you'll be drinking the red wine with your arms, so you won't. Yeah, have sure. Fruit. That's the thing. Like, but we definitely plan that wherever we see, there's going to be that that place where we can put our glass. That's that's uh, part uh, of. Of, of course, made of carbon fiber. <laughs> oh sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you, already yeah. made the toilet out of carbon fiber, so uh, <laughs> oh, the toilet seat. Oh, <laughs> uh, you you decided to go with a toilet seat? Controversial choice. Uh, well. <laughs> Okay, so the design is 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 very R two A K ish, um, like a solid uh, Home Depot bucket with a nice, you know, carbon fiber seat on top. That's what it's gonna look like. Oh, luxury! Luxury and lightweight. <laughs> so, have you guys have you guys sailed? Have you got much practice planned? Um. I mean, we we we've done like so. We when did we got the boat? Um, beginning of October. So we've done a fair amount of uh, day sailing um, uh, in Fairweather to start with, and uh, uh, quite a few joy rides. Um, and then uh, last weekend, actually, we had some solid weather. Uh, I mean, definitely twenty plus um, uh, uh, with good puff. And uh, I mean, it was a good. It was. A good test for us understanding the boat understanding the limit of the boat understanding our limits um we will probably the take the boat out of the water for a little bit just to reinforce it where we want it uh, want to reinforce it and uh, do a little bit of i mean paint job and so on but then we'll we definitely want to spend uh the last two or three months before the the race to to train a little bit harder train in race conditions uh, so we kind of draw a course that basically does a whole budget sound uh, that will uh, include an overnighter, uh, at least uh, uh, probably a narrow passage, passages in, uh, in the Orcas or between Whitby Island and the continent. And, uh, 
so yeah, we 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 want to do more serious um, R2AK like uh, type of uh, situation. Right, because the boats, you know, especially the lighter weight trimarans and catamarans this year just got absolutely pummeled in that shorter chop. So sounds like that's a good plan. Yep. We heard about it. Are you nervous about anything for the race? Logs. Absolutely. At night, which is exactly what happened last year to the team uh, who, who previously owned Mojo, right? They hit a couple of logs at night and they had to call it a day. Um, it'd be great if we can avoid that. Yeah, logs is one. Um, I mean, chops, as you mentioned. I mean, like the, you know, the, the hammering chops for hours. And I think on, on a, I mean, traditional monohill and I don't know your J105 type of boat I mean you can go against the sea for for a while it's not comfortable and, and it's harder than everything on everything but you can keep going on on a boat like the those lightweight primer and I mean after a while it, it, it can impact the boat pretty badly uh, uh, things move and I mean bolts I mean basically uh, strips and, and carbon can tear off and I mean bad thing can happen so you, you, we have to figure out where I mean where to, we have to put the brakes and uh, where we have we will have to stop and uh, kind of uh, take that in consideration. So if it's in the you're in the middle of the night and you're you're all kind of feeling nervous about a log and you're in chop and you're going upwind and and what's going to keep you motivated? Red wine. <laughs> Buzz. Avo avoiding the hangover by continuously drinking. That's an excellent question. Um, I don't know. Just just uh, I mean this the the, the feel or need to uh, to finish the race uh, I mean that in the end we we want to uh, to get to uh, Kachikan we're, we're all fathers right so we we all have kids and so I think we all have the same kind of mental safety limit which is I'm not going to put my life in danger or the life of the crew in danger uh, because I really want to get there uh, but we also have that racing spirit and Guilain has been pretty humble so far but you know He's done a lot of upgrades to the boat. He can work strat like no one else. And uh, he's actually done some pretty cool upgrades. Um, and so if there are things that can be fixed during the race, I mean, I, I trust Guilain and Arthur to to be able to do that. And what about the crew you, yourselves? Do you reckon you'll get along through thick and thin, through the tough times? You can't really have a crew of less than three people on this boat. So you know, we're going to have to make it work. Biggest problem is probably the length of our bed bunk because I'm the small guy, Gillen's in the middle, Fred is the really tall one. So the question we have to solve is, can we find the right <laughs> length for the, the whole team to be able to sleep? At, at the same time, Arthur? Or? No, 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 no. The, 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 the goal is really to have two people uh, sailing, one sleeping and taking turns. So either way, you're winning, really, aren't you? If you're the short one. Oh, I'm the short one. So wherever I do travel, I'm the most comfortable one. Like, be it on, the, <laughs> on a plane, on a boat, there's always enough room for me. <laughs> All these small details you don't think about when you sign up to Arthur AK, huh? Yep. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for this. Is there anything else you would like to to 
to say to anyone who might be following um who might be following you and and what they should watch for well come to port townsend for the start or to victoria that's going to be fun yeah if you want to bring a trailer we <laughs> we'll be fine with that <laughs> Another thing is uh, we're looking for sponsors because you know as you as you know right it's it's a ton of gear ton of safety gear and uh, R2AK is a pretty unique opportunity to to kind of showcase your brand um, if you if you like the idea of the mission if you like the idea of the adventure so we're looking for sponsors right now and you know we'd love uh, for some people to join us on the adventure. So anyone who's interested in a really tall person, a middle height person, and a quite a small person who wave French flags, drink French wine, and sail a really fast boat, give us a ring. That should be a lot of people. <laughs> and you, if you don't have money, just send wine. That will do it. <laughs> that works too. Well, thanks very much, guys. We'll uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on you. And um, sounds like you're going to be a fast team. So we'll have to keep a special eye on you. Thank you, Nikki. Pleasure. Nikki, those those guys sound great. They sound like they're going to be a hoot to watch. They sound like nerds. They sound like they're going to go fast. Uh, yeah, it was really fun chatting with them. Um, yeah, really, really good fun. Uh, and Jesse, the team you talked about is more of a um, a one man band, right? Also coming to us from where? He's coming to us from a place that we've never seen a racer come from. I think. Uh... A continent we've never seen a racer come from, coming from Hadera, Israel. He, uh, his name is Ohad Shafrir. He is racing as Team Spirit of Nevitz. Uh, he first reached out to us like a year ago uh, because there's a lot of hurdles to jump over when you've got to cross oceans to get to the start line. So uh, he wanted to make sure he was going to get in. And I chatted with him a few days ago about his work, uh, his race, and his very interesting choice of boat. tell you Jesse it's like you know uh, me dealing with the, with the R2AK is like uh, living in a parallel universe which is I think uh, not a bad idea sometimes um, and also uh, uh, about four days ago I wrote my first uh, Facebook post in my life and the, and, and the, the post was about the R2AK and I was thinking well, people, you know, would think that I shouldn't do it. Uh, I shouldn't do post uh, in times like this. But many people are very, very enthusiastic and happy about it. You know, just to 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 breathe something else uh, so far away and so distant from our yeah sad reality now these days. Yeah, certainly. So it's a good. It's it's a very for me for circles around me. It's a very good opportunity. So I think it was maybe six months ago you first reached out to us? One year ago. Was it a year? Wow. A year, a year ago. Yeah, yeah. December uh, 22. Yeah, you sent uh, you sent us links to YouTube videos. Basically, it uh, as I recall, you were saying, here I am, this Israeli guy. I know how to sail around the Mediterranean pretty damn well. I'd like to come out to where the water is really cold. Currents do things that they never do where I live and try this out. So how the hell did you hear about this? And uh, what makes you wanna do it? 
from from the beginning you know i fell in love with the rjk from from uh, 2015 from the first year how i don't remember how i how i got to know it but uh, from the beginning it was uh, i i wrote in uh, in, uh, in my post in the first post and uh, i told people i tried to tell people why why uh, why i liked it so much I said it was a combination of uh, anarchistic, uh, crazy, and very professional uh, organization, race, and very special people. So I fell in love from the beginning. Uh, why that? That it, you know, in one of the places uh, you wrote uh, there was a definition of you know America's Cup for dirtbags. I follow follow racing. Uh, yeah. Sailing races uh, around the world, and some of them are very impressive. But they, they need a lot of money, and you know, a lot of sponsors. And uh, and here is an opportunity for something else—an epic race, but uh, with a smiling uh, atmosphere. I don't know. You spent a heck of a lot of years uh, as, I believe, the director of an organization called Nevet Salim. Yep. Yeah. Did that experience is that dovetailing into your race to Alaska attempt? For sure, you know, for sure. Uh, this is the place that I uh, I'm a clinical psychologist in my profession, and uh, for the last twenty years I directed Nevetsali. Uh, it's a place. It's a treatment center which consists of board. Uh, Post psychiatric boarding school and uh, special education school for kids from 12 to 18. Around 80 kids, brilliant kids, uh, that uh, suffered uh, all sorts of crises, mental crises especially. Most of them came after uh, being hospitalized. Uh, around 120 staff members. Um, one of the most special places for me in the world kids that i uh, love very much uh, very special uh, treatment uh, and educational uh, programs and uh, and this is and i decided uh, two and a half years ago that i'm going to when i'm 60 i'm going to finish my directing the place i will stay a little bit And for the last two and a half years, I, uh, I worked with the people that will come after me. And um, getting ready for the race to Alaska was uh, kind of a treatment for me, a psychological treatment for me to get in terms with my uh, living uh, place uh, or the, the job that I did for the last 20 years. I think people have said that anyone who wants to race to Alaska likely needs some psychiatry. Uh, I'm free on the docks. I'll be free on the docks. So <laughs> As the race boss, you know, I, I also, uh, I, I do some <laughs> psychiatry, you know, talking people into and out of doing stupid things. <laughs> so yeah. do, you, do the youth that you work with, are they aware that you're about to do this thing? The, the staff the staff are aware but the youth uh, I will will be I think I will talk to them about two or three months uh, I don't want to, 
there's a special uh, it's in june and uh, every every year on uh, june uh, 30 we say goodbye to the to the uh, to the kids that leave us and usually it's a very very emotional uh, day and i will be hopefully in alaska so i will have to talk to the kids uh, that uh, finish uh, that graduate and to their parents and to tell them to explain why i'm not there but i think that uh, as I know them, they, they will follow a big part of it, for sure. Uh, so just turning to, turning to your vessel choice, that was, that's the most striking thing maybe that we've learned about you. Uh, you're using what's, what's called an X-cat. And could you describe in, in simple terms what an X-cat is? It's the boat that uh, I was looking for a boat that I could do adventures in. And, but uh, it will be simple and safe. And, uh, and I found this Austrian guy who thought that I was a little crazy because I wrote to him all the time and there was no boats in Israel. And, uh, and, I wrote this, and I asked him many strange questions. But the boat is a part, the, the biggest problem that I expect is to be wet. But uh, uh, but apart from that, it's, it's a very safe boat. It's uh, it's plastic. It's made of plastic. It's unsinkable. It's got a very good uh, rowing system that I didn't have to improvise. It was built in, uh, and she's a very good sailing boat. She she's light, uh, but she doesn't capsize. And um, I do I, I sail her. I sail and row her about three times a week in all kinds of uh, weather. And we, we can sail in Israel also in the winter, no problem. Um, I feel very safe. I feel very uh, secure about it, but I know that the main problem will be it's a, it's a very wet boat. Very wet, very cold. Have you ever been in water as cold as we have here? I've been in water, but uh, not with this boat. Uh, yeah, I sail in Scandinavia, and uh, but... The, the outside weather in Israel in the winter will be, I think, like uh, the rainy days in the summer in, in Alaska. The water, I don't plan to be inside the water. Uh, and as, uh, as, as far as I know, my boat, uh, and I sail in rough seas also, never did I come close. And I, and I capsized with a lot of dinghies. And I know what capsizing is, but this boat is, they may they made something very good. You'll see. It's a very special book. I don't think anyone really plans to be in the water a lot. No. But we, we definitely make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long is the X-Cat? Five meters, 16 and a half feet. Good. Thank you for giving it in feet because uh, most of us are Americans and we have no idea about the metric system. How are you planning to load that sucker up with all your gear? I mean, it's it's not much space. No, no, that, that, that's no problem. It, can carry up to, I think, in pounds, uh, you know, about 250 kilos mm -hmm. in pounds, more than 500 pounds. That, that's no problem. And it has, uh, has a special uh, net uh, in the front. And uh, uh, this boat I can sleep on. I can put a tent on it. And uh, no problem with, with dry bags and uh, things like this. No problem. All right. It sounds like you're pretty set. So there's got to be something that is scaring you about Race to Alaska. Why would you do it if it didn't scare you? For sure. Um, first of all, I, I, I lived in, in the sea all my life. 
Uh, I will be 60 this year, and uh, from, from, from very early, I, I, I'm in the sea. And I'm always scared in respect. Uh, I always respect, and I'm scared from the sea, okay? Uh, the sea is, uh, is something that I never lost my respect, and every time that I thought I was secure, uh, it showed me otherwise. So, so, uh, so it's part of me being uh, in this environment. I think that I know uh, everything that to see and to read about Seymour Narrows and uh, uh, places uh, that uh, and Cape Caution, and because these are things that I, uh, these are situations I, I never dealt with, and I think I understand uh, the the meaning of tides and currents and. Uh, Slack time, slack time, and uh, etc. But for sure, I know that everything that I plan and the sea will throw at me everything I didn't plan. So, um, okay, this is this is also part of me. Good. I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see it. Uh, it's always really fun to watch all of you wild people do this thing from at least the comfort of whatever boat I happen to be in that usually has an engine. So you know, of course. You know, first place ten thousand dollars, second place steak knives. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say it, it's gonna be pretty hard for you to even reach for those steak knives. There are, of course, the the twenty and under award that that you could gun for, um, but beyond beyond that possibility, what what is what is success in Race to Alaska for you? Uh, first of all, talking to you now is is, is a success. Okay, I, I was really not sure that. Uh, I would be accepted. Uh, all the, the people around me thought, were, were sure, but I wasn't. And uh, to be uh, to be able to to fly out of Israel and to uh, in these times, I hope, I pray that the situation will be uh, will be better. So I will, uh, so I can live with a full heart. But if I will be on the dock, Paul Townsend, it's the second success for me. And uh, to uh, to arrive uh, to Victoria uh, and to on time will be the third success. And from now on, and from that th this point on, I, I I intend and I will do my best to be in Ketchikan. But uh, the whole thing is a success for me. And if I will have to bail out, uh, this will also be something that I I hope I will do with the. Uh, I'm really looking forward to meeting you in person here in Port Townsend and um, yeah, good luck on all your preparations. I, I really thank you, Jesse. And I want to say as, as I grow, uh, as, as, as the experience is growing, my experience with people and interactions, there's a, there's a thing called energy, energy of people, energy of, of a thing. And, and uh, the energy of the of the art UK there's something very very special about it, and uh, I'm I'm happy to be part of it. Really, I'm, it makes me happy, and um, I feel privileged. Gosh, that was um, that was a moving story, Jesse. I uh, I think it's pretty it's pretty nice to hear that Ohad is. Um, doing something for himself after what sounds like a pretty selfless 20 years. And, and, and wow, what a way to go out from an amazing, yeah. amazing few decades. Absolutely. Uh, he's 
he was a really interesting guy to talk to. I was able to chat with him a little bit before and after the interview. And uh, he's just one of those great characters that makes Race to Alaska what it is. Um, and with that, that's going to do it for this first episode of the Race to Alaska podcast. We're going to try to get one of these out every week, but hey, we're Race to Alaska, so don't put any money on it. Just uh, subscribe wherever you subscribe, and we'll pop back up into your feed sooner or later. Go to racetoalaska.com for your race needs, and uh, be sure to check out our sponsor. I want to talk about Fishery Supply. They've been with us since 2015. They have supported us. They have been there every step of the way, and if you are a racer, they are extending pretty big discounts. And if you are tempted to join the race, uh, if your head is saying, maybe I could do that, and your um, probably more sensible brain is saying, absolutely terrible idea, then maybe just go check it out online because applications are open. Um, go to the website, read the wet race packet, um, throw your hat in the ring. It might just be worth it. With that, we'll see you next time. Bye. Race to Alaska is a project of the Northwest Maritime Center in Port Townsend, Washington. To learn about our other projects or how you can support them, please visit us online at nwmaritime.org.